Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are three Jesima Sundays in the one-year lectionary. We've got Septuagesima, Sexagesima, and Quinquagesima. These Sundays represent approximately 70, 60, and 50 days before Easter. It is a pre-Lent season. In other lectionaries, such as a three-year, we go from Transfiguration Sunday to Ash Wednesday in a matter of three days. So rather being slammed into the dust, I like to ease us there. Well, the readings that have been associated for these weeks, for centuries, they represent, in the same order, sola gratia, by grace alone. That was last Sunday. Tomorrow, sola scriptura, which means by scripture alone. And the Sunday thereafter, sola fide, for by faith alone. Now, the gospel that you just heard is for sola scriptura, and it is fitting. It is the parable of the sower. No one ever calls it the parable of the path. Not even many people call it the parable of the seed. It's not the parable of the rock. It's not the parable of the thorns. It is the parable of the sower. But we, we as pastors, we're, we're trained and educated and seasoned to think about all the different types of soil and that our seeding is consistent. We're trained and prepared how to tend the soil by plowing through it with the law and how to water it with the gospel and how to keep it nourished. Well, Gentlemen, pastors, sowers, it's time to stop looking at the soil. It's time to look within. The parable of the sower, it's your parable. In fact, Jesus' first words in explaining this parable is thus, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But in the beginning of this parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. Haspiron to spiri ton sparon. Seed, seed, seed. A seeder went out to seed his seed. These words are clearly aligned. The pastor, the pastor's words, and the word of God clearly aligned. But gentlemen, only one of these is unchangeable. It's time to stop looking around you and look within. Scripture, the seed, is inerrant. And we err. 
Scripture is infallible, and we trip over our own craftiness. Scripture is eternal. It's timeless. And one day you shall die. You, at some point, will be judged harshly. Uh, for brothers, we know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So how much time do you spend reading other books? Hey, that book I read was so good, I read it cover to cover. In fact, I read it twice. Can you say the same about the Bible on your desk? Do you, you, the pastor, the sower, you who is called to responsibility, responsibility for dozens if not hundreds of souls, do you really believe that these souls are saved by Scripture alone? Well, yeah, Dan. Yeah, I do. Tell me, then, how you live out that very confession. How, then, do you preach it? How, then, do you sow the seed? Is your sowing objective? Or do you cater to itching ears? Do you preach discriminately to avoid trouble? To avoid criticism? Or to avoid sounding too harsh? When you're studying the text for your sermon, have you ever said to yourself, I better not say that. I might offend this person or that. Now, the Word of God also tells of a sweet gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sure that that's in your preaching. Yet the Word of God also offends people regularly. Does your sowing? Well, in, in our sermon crafting, we've, we've considered our soils. And now we've considered the seeding. Let us now then consider the seed. I'd like to share with you Luther's sacristy prayer that would be prayed before the beginning of every service. Lord God, you have appointed me as a pastor in your church, but you see how unsuited I am to meet so great and difficult a task. A task. If I had lacked your help, I would have ruined everything long ago. Therefore, I call upon you. I wish to devote my mouth and my heart to you. I shall teach the people. I myself will learn and ponder diligently upon your word. Use me as your instrument, but do not forsake me. For, I, for if I ever should be on my own, I would easily wreck it all. Amen. The devil has his way of working on us. The devil comes constantly at you and tries to take away the word from your heart. And yet, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, has beat down Satan under your feet. You believe and you are saved. 
Your feet are the feet of the master sower, in whomstead you stand. You stand victorious in his stead, pinning down Satan under your heel. But he'll tempt you from down there. The devil tempts you. Well, by pulling you away from your Bible. And he enchants you with endeavors that only satisfy yourself. Jesus Christ is also our Lord, the sower's Lord. He is the master sower who just keeps seeding and seeding and seeding. He is your Lord and Savior. He is the Savior of each sower and his family. And he forgives you all your sins in his bloody yet victorious death, in his resurrection, and his sending of the Holy Spirit shall keep the pure, clear, infallible, inerrant, timeless word of God ringing in your ears and echoing in your hearts. For you have the power of the Holy Spirit promised to you. Now, the riches and pleasures of this life, they are, they are good indeed. We are blessed. The thorns are regularly pruned by the Lord. Even I, I as an undeserving sower, I'm blessed and privileged to be able to look other believers and other sowers in the eye and tell them the truth. And the truth is this your life shall be everlasting. The thorns have been pruned away by the Holy Spirit who continues to work daily in your life. Hold the word fast in an honest and in a good heart, and you will bear much fruit with patience. So, to be clear, the qualities of Scripture, that is, the qualities of the seed, must be kept aligned with the qualities of the sower and the qualities of the sowing. But where does the rubber hit the road? A few weeks ago, this was a couple of my sentences in a sermon. Homosexuality is an abomination, saith the Lord. And the rest of you cannot justify this wickedness, for that too is an abomination. Proverbs 17.15 There are abominations. There are, in fact, sins that are worse than others. That's what the seed says. I wrote the sermon on Monday, and I questioned myself all week long. Is this too harsh? Will someone be angry? I mean, I knew who was going to be in the pews on Sunday. There were offenders amongst us. So maybe, is there, maybe there's a gentler way to put it. I questioned myself, the sower. I questioned the sermon, 
the sowing. I finally looked to the qualities of the seed. I looked up the uses of the word abomination in the Bible. And most of the time, it is actually tied to homosexuality and other perverseness. But it's also used to describe the sin of people who say, it's okay. Let him be him. Let her be her. I preached it. After the sermon, after the Lord's Supper, I joined in singing the closing hymn. I made my way to the narthex and took a deep breath. It's handshake time. I took a deep breath. And I was given many, many more thank yous than I thought I ever would. They weren't thanking Dan Golden. They were thanking a sower who finally got out of the way of the seed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.